You can kick your fancy ales, you can take them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast, your weekly podcast about the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit strategy battle game by Games Workshop. I'm Jeremy and here is David. Greetings again. And we are talking about our first episode about our experiences at the Silmarilla Tournament, which happened yesterday as we record Sunday, uh, what's the date? Who knows? The 26th of April it was. Sounds about right. Absolutely. So we've turned up to Melbourne High on the day of the tournament. We've walked into the room. David, what did we find? Fairly small room with a fairly large amount of tables in it. Fairly large amount of people as well. We had, what, 36 players? Yeah, 36 players, a couple couple of organisers. A bartender, about three judges, another couple of painting judges, an organiser. Didn't quite fit the grand piano in the corner, but... Sort of hangers on us. We had a bard somewhere, I think, singing to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full cast. No expense was spared. Absolutely. So it's good stuff. We walked in. There were lots of 4x4 four four tables in a row in a very tight setup. The terrain was set up pretty nicely. It was a collection of my terrain, uh, Tim Wright's terrain, some of the X Games Workshop terrain... Lots of terrain from all over the place. And look, it was set up pretty logically and it wasn't too bad. I was expecting worse, to be honest, and it was it exceeded my expectations of worse. It's always good when they exceed the expectations of worst. The main problem they had was the terrain was of very nice quality, but because of the sheer amount of terrain, the gap between the tables got interestingly small in some places. Yeah, our first game, we were opposite each other and we were arguing over the space between the tables, how much you could use. And I was convinced that you were using 55% of that space. I've, I've just got nothing to say to that. That was yeah. There was a space for probably about one and a quarter person. So it's mm-hmm. sort of understandable to use 55%, but it wasn't exactly what we wanted there. But mm-hmm. it's what you could do in a small room. Mm-hmm. So, but we started off almost finding out some of the negatives straight away. One thing that was nice about it is you walked in and there was a big screen with the projector, with the round drawers all came up at the same time in tiny font, and a round timer, which is the best part for me. I was about halfway through round two before I spotted the round timer, because I was off in the corner with the sun glare on the screen from that angle. It was just... Oh, well, it was nice once I spotted it. It was very helpful. I was facing it almost all the time. Like, I was choosing sides based on being able to see the timer, so I could tell my opponent to hurry up, because we only had an hour and a half a game, which I think for me... The, get my two negatives out of the way. That was pretty much my other one, From apart from the cramped space, was just the, the time to play a game was not necessarily enough to play a full game. Oh, yeah. The end games where a lot of the intricacies happen, and an hour and a half, you don't get to play an end game. And sometimes you get this game just dice down, finish in the middle and count up points, and it can not be a fair reflection. We'll get into that a bit later, but one of my games was definitely like that, where I probably got away with a bit more points than I should have because of the mm-hmm. end game. Ah, yes. So, are we moving into our games? Let's talk about some games. Yeah, go for it, David. Round one was to the death. I was playing against Sean Rosato and his Abrakan Guard Army. That's pretty nasty, those sort of strength... What are they? Strength three, but they've got the two-handed weapons. I think they're strength four with the the precursor to Burley, which was Chop, I believe. So, it turns out to be the same thing. Big, big swords that hit essentially at strength six. I was using Hobbits, so strength six is somewhat of overkill, but... What did you take in your army? Before you start that, let's just have a rundown. And uh, those who didn't listen to our pre-seal episode and the cryptic hints we gave, just give a quick rundown. Okay, um, my army was a white council army. I had Saruman the Wise, mainly because I just got Saruman the Wise and spent a couple of days trying to assemble the bloke and then paint him. Uh, I took Alfred because you've got to take Alfred these days, apparently. And then I filled the rest of it with hobbits. 
Okay, so how many how many models do you end up with? Fifty six, I believe it was. Okay, so you had did you have all the the traveller hobbits? I had I had Mary, Pippin, Sam and Paladin instead of Frodo. So no Frodo. So what did you do for a banner effect? For a banner effect I brought a Halberd with the banner of the lady, just because I needed a banner in a hurry and I had this spare hundred and twenty five points lying around. So you are the person in our gaming group that knows the stories better than anyone else. You know the lore. I asked you an obscure question about a character from the 75th page of Silmarillion and you quote him back to me. Maybe you pronounce him wrong, but you know that information and you decide to take a Sauron the White, an Alfred, a Halberad, and then the Hobbits from the Battle of Bywater. The thing people forget about Lord of the Rings is it's a strange world. Anything could happen. We have trolls carrying man purses that talk to you. Yeah, but you've just drawn the line there. I think you've 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 drawn the line, jumped over it, crossed it, took Alfred Sauron and the Hobbit army. So I expect to hear about all the amazing victories you go. So let's hear about that. You played Sean Rosato in the first round. Okay. Um, it opened up. We both deployed sort of roughly in the middle of our deployment zones. It looked like both of us were going, oh, we'll try shooting. If it doesn't work, we'll still be close enough to close. And this is the banner scenario, wasn't it? The one uh, you... Yeah, yes. the, the one where you kill banners. That's the one. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to break the opponent, kill the banner, and kill their leader. Okay, it opened fairly well. My rocks killed five Abracan Guard turn one. The archers claimed two more. So yeah, I, won, start, yeah. I won the shooting war. Uh, turn two, the Abracan Guard came... Sc- well, what was left of them came screaming towards me, and we met in battle. Saruman found out his role in life is to kill banner bearers. He looks at them, he blows them back d6 inches, and then says, Die alone. I will burn as much might as necessary, but you will die. That's a good use for it, actually. Because we had a bonus point where you got two points for the at the end of the game just to, to add on to your tournament score if there was no enemy banners left on the board. And also for that scenario as well, that's one of the victory mm-hmm. conditions. If you have banners left, you get some points. It turned out that was pretty much all Saruman did in most of my games was kill banners because I didn't have the heroes to back him up if he transfixed something, but oh well. Fair enough. Uh, in this one, Alfred wandered on, forgot to use his power turn one, and got sap-willed by the Betrayer, <laughs> which took bad two luck. will off the Betrayer, so I, cl- I claim that was a win. But Yeah, that's not too bad, actually. We talked about this at the lunch break, and... Two will off the Betrayer for Alfred. That's, that's not a bad trade-off. That's two will he can't use later. So how did the Betrayer go for the game? I've been keeping a uh, sort of running kill count that my Hobbit with Sledgehammer has racked up. In the past, he's knocked the teeth out of a White Wag Chieftain. In this one, the Betrayer, heroic combated. He clipped my Hobbit with Sledgehammer, swung his base round into Halberd with Banner, and went, right, I'm going to knock you guys over. I'm going to kill you with my Bane of Kings. He then botched his attack roll, the Hobbit with Sledgehammer went, right, I'm going to knock you off your horse. You're going to take the strength three hit from the Throne Rider. You're going to fail your first fate, leaving you on the ground with no fate. Halberd is going to then drive a banner through your face. That's what happened to the Betrayer. Very nice. So this game's sounding pretty positive to you. So how'd it go at the end? It ended in a minor victory my way because I got the banner kill and we both broke because I was racking up lots of kills, but I'm Hobbits versus Effective Strength 6. So he was racking up lots of kills. So that's a nice start, actually. You don't necessarily want to go all out in the first round and have the tough draw. So you've you've played it nicely there. Get a lot of points, but not all of them. Yeah, set yourself up well for the next opponent. Who was? The next opponent was Huon in a domination mission. 
Ewan, who we've just started playing in our group lately, joined us. He had, what was it, another Alfred in his army, and then he had some elves, Gilgalad, Rumel, Darindul, do you have? Ah, uh, yes, that was the army. Um, three nasty elven heroes, and yeah, Alfred. So. And some King's Guard elves and some uh, Galadrim elves, there I believe. There were some Galadrim elves, there were some high elves, there was a general misc of elves. Yeah, you don't really care about what kind of elves do you, because they're all just higher fight and good defense, so who cares if you're a hobbit? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one opened, we both deployed fairly far back, on the basis that I'm uh, I'm hobbits, I can outshoot anybody. He's like, I am high elves, I can outshoot anybody. Solid thinking there, I like that. Alfred in this one slipped an envelope to Fatty and said, here, when we break the enemy shooting, open this. And then he sat on his objective for the rest of the game and just watched the L- the hobbits go do what they do. Please tell me it was a heroic strike. Not this time. Not this time. Oh, damn. Pretty much my hobbits spent the next couple of turns dismantling the elves until the elves realized that they didn't have enough archers to hold on and they didn't have enough models left to close through my shooting. So they were forced to try and get out of range which meant they had left all five objectives open so fatty opens his envelope and it says go for it lad he calls a march he calls another march paladin snuck in he called a march as well so my hobbit block of 40 of them moved 21 inches in three turns past three of the objectives on the way i was sitting on two to start off with so you took the hobbit sprinting force ran to yes all, took all the i just objectives. went straight down the middle there was a nice road on the board and everything I'm holding all the objectives. The enemy Alfred goes, I've got a plan. I shall give seven might to Gilgalad. He's now on ten. Oh, nasty. What did he do with it? Uh, he killed He killed Pippin. Heroic combated into Mary, which mm-hmm. took him even further away from the objective. Okay. And Pippin was your most expensive model or your leader? Uh, no, Saruman was. The, uh, okay. It was a white council army. Fair. If the white council is there, it is a white council yep. army. Yep. Okay. And yeah, that was pretty much the game because then we timed out. I was in control of all of the objectives. Uh, he had one bloke on one of them, but I had about six or seven there. So so that sounds like a lesson to me. In the Battle of the Alfred off, giving Alfred to Fatty is well and truly better than giving out Mike to, to Gilgalad. So if you listen back to our Fatty Bolger episodes, I might have to update that a bit and say another use of Fatty, and that is teamed up with Alfred, dressed up as a hobbit perhaps. Mm-hmm. You need to call some heroic marches run in three turns, 21 inches, yes. or good speed there, and take all the objectives and domination. <laughs> well done. Okay. So what was that result again? Uh, crushing victory to the Hobbits. Crushing well, victory. To That's the White the Council. Top victory. Did you get any of the bonuses? Um, I got the banner kill, once again, for some Saruman. Nice. And his heroes didn't expensive seem to model? want to die. So you didn't uh, get the expensive no. model Gilgalad, and you didn't kill two-thirds of his heroes? Uh, no. No, okay. So one bonus, crushing victory. That's a good score. That's, what, 26 out of the maximum 30. Okay. In the third battle, I was against Thomas Bowman. And his Orc and Spider Army. This was the everybody piles onto the board and runs Helter Skelter towards the middle. Uh, I won priority turn one, which you don't want to do. So pretty much my warbands came on all over the place. And his three warbands moved on and each ambushed one of my warbands. This left Paladin standing there going, Ugh, I've got a clear run. Glances round, says, right, with me lads. Him and his 12 archers march towards the middle. We're nowhere near it. Alfred wanders on behind him, <laughs> slips him an envelope which says, here, use this. March, march, march again. So Paladin and his warband of archers plus Alfred made it onto the middle. We were running dangerously low on time when Thomas realised that, while sure, the game would go on for a long time, it was about to be called. So all of his blokes called a march, legged it towards the middle. Handful of them made it, but 
not enough to overcome an entire war band of hobbits. So, minor victory my way. Nice. Uh, I'm seeing a theme here. You're throwing Alfred, instead of giving it to Saruman or Halbrad or one of your, your big characters, you're giving it to the little tiny ones, again, mm-hmm. the core marchers, which is, I guess, a pretty foolproof way mm-hmm. of doing it because if Alfred steals their zero mm-hmm. might and turns it into one, <laughs> he can still call the march. Uh, and if you're clever about positioning, you're mm-hmm. not going to slow yourself down and Alfred can actually run quite a bit faster than Hobbits. Mm-hmm. So, that shouldn't be an issue. The... um. Sort of half-baked theme that I threw together for this was Alfred was subbing in for a good version of Grimmer, which is why I was following Saruman. And I figure Saruman's smart enough not to listen to Grimmer again. So he was stuck trying to counsel lesser heroes. Who was the guy that, was it through an apple or got an apple thrown at him? Uh, Bill Fernie. Bill Fernie. That's what I imagine Alfred being, a Bill Fernie type much. character. He's the bloke who hangs around and sort of tries to give advice that yeah, tells hopefully stuff. people have figured out not to listen to. But Yeah, no, I... If you oh, converting up a Bill Fernie as Alfred could be something useful. Mm-hmm. One of those sort of characters yeah, might yes. be there. Maybe mm-hmm. Salmon and Sharky. I can see some stories here going. But mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So it's three wins so far, isn't it? Three wins so far. Three wins. So going really well. A field of thirty-six. You got three wins. You got to be up the top. What was round four? Who did you play? Round four was Lords of Battle versus Henry Kerr and his Urukai force. So Lords of Battle is the one where you kill get, count. We have points for every kill. So hobbits need to be really aggressive in this one. Okay, it opened. We pretty much deployed as per Warhammer Fantasy. We had nice blocks of blokes laid out, and they were like wheeling and marching, and just generally looked all geometrical and whatever. Okay, so you played like you didn't have a clue. Pretty much, but they started off mirrored at each other. His crossbows went, I can outshoot hobbits. My hobbits went, I can outshoot crossbows. Turn one, I lost three militia. He lost two crossbowmen. Unfortunately, he then realized that he couldn't keep that up, so he decided to rush me, which with strength four, fight four, was probably a good move on his part. So Alfred didn't hand any, like, march back advice to Fatty or anything? At this at this point, Alfred came up with a plan. He gave an envelope to Lobelia, one to Fatty. He kept one for himself and said, this is what we're going to do. He called some cool marches and whatever, managed to buy me an extra two turns of shooting. Problem is, this was round four. My hobbits ran out of arrows. It's the only way I can describe it. Uh, you had one of the round four running out of arrow events. They had killed everything. Every, pretty much every game, they were amazing. Against Huon's high elves, two militia with rocks killed three elves in three turns. Turn one, amazing shooting. Turn two onwards, nothing. Just flat nothing. Just flat nothing. So Alfred's there, he's screaming orders, he's sending runners. He brought me time, but I just didn't have enough arrows. Uh, so why didn't you go... Like, I find the Hobbit army to be really effective in combat, surprisingly effective. And when I've run in the past, just throwing them in a big circle, trapping, you've got like axes on a fair chunk of them, so the defense isn't too much of a worry. You've got some other good hand weapons of fating. You've got your, your six-inch banner effect. How how they go in combat? abysmally abysmally it wasn't entirely their fault when somebody with higher fight value rolls that many sixes it's kind of not a whole lot that your hobbits can do about it ah uh, so you got henry curd pretty much yes by henry kerr of all people yeah fair enough he actually he won hear, the award for the worst dice rolls of the tournament yeah. and yet i saw so many sixes he he does that he's he's very good at rolling sixes and i, I think we should get him on to I was talking to people at the event a lot about our previous episode where we talked about rolling sixes. Mm-hmm. And I think Henry must have a really good technique because he seems to be effective on it. But he came and talked to me at the start of the day and said that he was having trouble with it. And, and maybe he was just off. Maybe his wrist action wasn't quite there mm-hmm. or, or he wasn't oh, powering well. them up off the table. Yeah. But who knows? He, he found his form by round four. Like, 
Yeah, it so. takes some practice sometimes, but when you warm up, you warm up. So in the Lords of Battle kill point mission of a 56 model army, I finished with 10, of which three were militia, the rest were assorted heroes. Yeah, so, so. You, you got, what, major victory against? Yes. Though my heroes performed well, it's just when you're strength two, it's really hard to wound Yurikai. So three wins, one loss, some good wins, not a huge amount of bonus points. You got the banners a few times. I got the banners in every game, and I think I got the most exp- I got the most expensive kill against the betrayer, but that was it for bonus points. Okay, so five bonus points out of twelve is respectable, but not brilliant. Mm-hmm. Two crushings, was it? One major and one minor um, loss? Two minor wins, a crushing victory, major loss. Okay, so it set you up. I think that's a pretty good setup there. You got good solid painting. How'd you go in the results? The results were probably the worst I've ever scored at a tournament. I came 24th, which is in the bottom half, I believe. Boo, 24th with Hobbits and Alfred and Saruman. But I believe in the pre-sill, I mentioned there was a secondary objective, which was to have fun which this was probably the most fun I've had in a tournament for a long time. Okay. Alfred and Fatty just running around doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Paladin took and his warband outrunning spiders to get to the middle of the board. It was it's secondary this, objective completed. Yeah, there's some serious satisfaction when hobbits start outrunning things. And oh, yeah. I remember playing them in the old days where you couldn't mm-hmm. march. And the way you'd outrun people is scare them with your shooting. Mm-hmm. So you set up this, this sort of shooting arc so people would mm-hmm. out- avoid you. And then you'd just go full speed with your hobbits and you'd end up outrunning them and going faster than them and end up in an advantageous position. And it's always amusing when you, your hobbits have reconnoitered and the other people are sitting back there hiding or, mm-hmm. or you've gone to the middle and captured the objective. But best image for the day, apart from knocking the betrayer over, was just 40 hobbits marching straight down this road in the middle. Just going, we go through! Yeah, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also entered the painting competition, a few entries. Uh, yes. I. What um, did you put in? Well, the morning before, I broke open my collection and went, I've got to have painted a monster at some stage. So I found my troll chieftain. I found a few other random things lying around. So we, you had a ring wraith from your Harrod army? Uh, yes, he was my single miniature entry. Yep. And you had a cavalry model, didn't you? Um, yeah, I had a cavalry model. I think it was Soladin from the Harad army. Yeah, I think I it might not it was. have been. It was yours wasn't the Mary, was it? That was. Oh uh, no, that was my brother's Mary. Yep. So you had the Saladin for the monster. You had the Troll Chieftain. Ah uh, yes. And for the open, you had an interesting entry. Ah uh, yes, the Eternal Flame. It was an objective marker from the first Minimize. By the way, if you're listening, come to Minimize. But um, and if you're not listening, still come to Minimize. Yeah, be there. So how'd you go in the painting competitions? I picked up a uh, third place in the cavalry category. Very impressive result. Top three for cavalry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not quite as good as last year where I got second place for open, but still a respectable result. I got a certificate and... Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a good feeling to get a bit of a painting one. Mm-hmm. And we have... It's tough because we're getting... We get outside painting judges in and they tend to be very much judges of like almost World War Two style military models and mm-hmm. the painting style. Like they saw the judges miniatures and they were a very different painting style is very much like machines and mm-hmm. um just a total different style so mm-hmm. they they picked out some ones that i didn't expect overall but it's totally subjective and that's what happens when when you do mm-hmm. that so i also find that the painting scores overall were quite harsh so they were very mm-hmm. strict on the painting scores and that maybe knocked you down because your army wasn't 
particularly coherent, but it was Hobbit, so that's what exactly it's, it's supposed to be. a militia force. If it was coherent, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and that worries me as well, because I think some of the, the judging was not quite understanding what was behind it. So the ones that were like essentially the same model painted over and over again tend to got high, get higher scores than the ones that were the ragtag bunch of hobbits that had just come out of their holes and, <laughs> and being told by Alfred to go and march everywhere. I like my purple jackets and random, you know, hats and whatever. There was a lot of purple in the army, definitely. It just It's a colour that ends up standing out and it looked quite nice, so I used it again. So, well done, David. 23rd out of 36. So, you got, what, in the, the top two-thirds? 24th or 23rd. 24th. Around there somewhere. Yeah, I think you just might have scraped into the, the mm-hmm. top 66%. But anyway, as I said, secondary objective completed. So, yeah, we'll give you a bonus point for that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> technically counts as 23rd then. And well done. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming and chatting to us about Silmarilli. Uh, hopefully we'll get a few more of these episodes up throughout the week. I'm going to get some people over yeah. and have a chat to them. And then away mm. we go. We hear about the results. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe I'll talk about my results at some point. Oh, yes. Maybe I won't. People don't really want to hear how I went. It'll be interesting to hear because, well, you had some entries in the painting competition and you took an army that everybody agreed was completely rubbish. So I'm... Yeah. Okay. We can... Yeah, I took took my Grimhammer army, which uh-huh. the um, internet tells us is rubbish. So the internet told me it was rubbish. It was the worst choice for the dwarves. Why would they take it? Matthew Todd kept telling me that. So I'm interested to see how uh-huh. I went as well. But we'll have to wait for another time for that. I believe the quote is, "You took one anyway, just to show them." Just to show them. Sometimes that backfires. So thank you very much for listening. Join us again for more Silmarilli reports. And until then, remember traps win games unless you're Alfred Saruman and the Hobbit army. And then you get trapped. But anyway. Yeah. Thank you, David. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.